Hello and welcome to the special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we'll be joined by all our contributors who will be giving their segments a little Easter twist. Andrew has an Easter saint. Sister Marie Paul Curley will be here with The Windows to the Soul of a Film about Life After Death. Danny Torquia has some good Easter PR advice. Mark Matthews tells us something about the work of Hollywood that we had not thought of. And Jillian Cantor learns something new from her kids. So that's all coming up. Now, if you're listening to this on Saturday, 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. Central on Spirit FM or 1 p.m. Eastern on Holy Family Radio, 3 and 10 p.m. Eastern on the Catholic Channel, or if you're podcasting this off iTunes or at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, it is still Saturday and not Easter yet, but we're going to take a little creative license and begin celebrating Easter. This is our Easter show, so please excuse our alleluias during Holy Saturday. Today we're going to listen to music by some of the artists that we featured on this show in the last couple of months. So you'll hear from Full Armor Band, Rebecca Rubion, Sarah Kroger, Chris Bray, and Steve Angrisano. That'll be throughout the program, but we'll begin with a song that's about love. No hallelujahs quite yet. This is a fun song that makes us remember that what Jesus did on the cross was because of love, and that it doesn't matter what we've done, the door is still wide open so that we can come home. So here's L'Angelouse with Love Don't Care. Gonna say I'm such a fool Cause I go right on loving you To take it back, don't 
was L'Angelus with Love Don't Care from their album of the same name. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio to get some handy parenting tips. Stay tuned because coming up is Jillian Cantor with what her kids taught her this week. And now it's time for Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Andrew, Deacon Pedro. Happy end of Holy Week. Yes, unbelievable. I just don't know where the time has gone. I know, eh? It's been fast. No, and it's and it's funny because, you know, like a few days ago, I kid you not, earlier on in the week, um, anyone living in the southern part of Ontario was wondering if we were we celebrating were, yes, Easter or, or whether Christmas. we were celebrating Christmas. Yes. So anyone in southern Ontario, maybe even into our... Southern Ontario, East Coast. Yeah, our friends mm-hmm. in Quebec, anyone out in the East Coast. Alberta, listening, northern uh, Alberta, yes, snow. they have snow. And yes. here we are thinking that we uh, got rid of it, but no, we didn't. But well, anyways, we're that, on to Easter. The hope is that by Easter, it'll be spring. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Yep. Okay, so we have some saints for Easter? Absolutely. And you know what? Easter, Easter's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And, you know, why not turn to those who were very close to the Easter story? Okay. Okay, so I've got about four saints that I would love to share with our listeners. So, first of all, uh, just a little bit of trivia for our listeners. Who was the first witness? Drumroll, St. Mary Magdalene. Okay, to okay? the resurrection. And yeah. you know what? There were many initial witnesses to the resurrection, but the first person to actually see Christ, Jesus, resurrected in body was St. Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we looked at the Gospel of John, um, and in chapter 20, we read that when she came across the empty tomb, she ran to tell Peter, who comes, sees the empty tomb for himself, and then takes off with the other disciples. But interestingly enough, uh, Deacon Pedro, it was Mary Magdalene who stayed behind, mm-hmm. and she wept outside the tomb. And then what do we know from that story? We hear it year in, year out. A man appeared to her asking why she was weeping. And what did uh, Mary think that person was? She thought that person was the gardener. Okay? And that man turned out to be Jesus. So what can we learn from St. Mary Magdalene? Um, For our listeners, Mary Magdalene's story speaks to us today, because in some sense, 
in some respect, all Christians are standing with her outside the tomb. Hmm. Because what do we do in our Catholic Christian faith, Deacon? We wait for God, we long for Jesus, and all of us can kind of relate in some way to the unease and anxiety that Mm -hmm. nagged at her soul when she was confronted with the absence of Jesus. She was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. She was destroyed. So, you know, when we look to Mary Magdalene, may we also kind of share in the same earnest seeking for God. And may we, too, kind of hold dear to our faith. May we persevere in our faith to the very end. Uh, Moving on, looking at St. Peter, um, we look at St. Peter again and the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. After being told by Mary Magdalene and the other woman that they had found Jesus' tomb empty, Peter responded. And how did he respond? He ran to the tomb to see if it was true. And we do that every day in our, in our lives. We look for some sort of proof. We look for evidence because, you know, sometimes we don't take people for their word. And Peter wanted that evidence. Mm-hmm. He wanted to confirm the story. So when we look at Luke's Gospel, you know, we read Peter took off to the tomb running. He mm-hmm. bent down, he looked in and saw the linen cloth, but nothing else. Then he went back home amazed at what had happened. Mm-hmm. So as we look at St. Peter's story, how can we kind of bring the Easter story alive? How can we rekindle in our hearts a love, a joy, an amazement at the resurrection? Okay? Mm-hmm. We look to um, our third saint, St. Saint Matthias. Okay. Yeah, I, I personally did not know much about St. Matthias until now. I'll be, I'll be a little bit honest. And we know him to be the apostle who replaced Judas. Judas, yes. He was the replacement apostle. So we look at the story of of the Ascension. After the Ascension, the apostles had a bit of kind of housekeeping to do, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we hear about this in the Acts of the Apostles. They wanted to know how they were going to fill the spot of Judas. And, you know, the replacement came um, to be a man by the name of St. Matthias. So St. Peter told those assembled that he had to be someone who had followed Jesus during his whole ministry, mm-hmm. and that was from baptism with John the Baptist to the mm-hmm. Ascension. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they also debated what exactly would this, what would this new apostle do. So nominations were taken, kind of like a little synod, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Two names were submitted, and Matthias won on a drawing of lots. So when we look to the story of Matthias, he was a man of great joy. He served Jesus. He followed Jesus until the very end. So we look at Matthias' story and know that he is a source of joy to Christian hearts. So how can we, like St. Matthias, be witnesses to the resurrection? Mm-hmm. How are we called to share um, the joy of the gospel um, with those in our everyday life? And finally, we look at none other than Doubting Thomas. Oh, yeah. So uh, we hear about this, um, about this man, and we hear about the story every year. And interestingly enough, I learned that St. Thomas is the patron saint of architects. Really? Yeah. um, He's the patron saint of architects. And um, the account of how he reacted to news of the resurrection is one that speaks kind of um, thousands of years ago, and it speaks to us today. So Mm -hmm. we look at John's Gospel, and Thomas responded, you know what he said. My Lord. Unless I can see the holes that the nails made in Jesus' hands, and as long as I can put my finger into those holes, and unless I can put my hand in his side, I refuse to believe. There he was, doubting Thomas. And Jesus appeared to Thomas and the other disciples. He did that about eight days later, I believe, you know, up in the upper, upper room. And he told Thomas, you know what? Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Put it into my side. And, you know, what Jesus said, you know, it should still give us some sort of conviction today. Do not be unbelieving anymore, but believe. 
believe. You have seen this. Now go and tell. So just like St. Thomas, um, in our everyday life, in our relationships, in our friendships, and even in our faith, may we come with an understanding of love and joy, and may we turn to God and say, my Lord and my God, just like what St. Thomas did. There you have it. Four Easter saints, Mary Magdalene, Peter, Matthias, and St. Thomas. Thank you very much. Yeah, Andrew. and to our listeners, just like John Paul II, just like Blessed John Paul II said uh, a few years ago, we are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Alleluia should be our song every day, regardless every day. of the circumstance, Excellent. regardless of the situation. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Andrew? Andrew Santos, our saint expert, is the youth minister at St. Justin Martyr Parish in Markham, Ontario. Now, last week's featured artist, Rebecca Rubion, sent us a message. My song, she writes, Here Lies My Pulse, is my story of death and the resurrection I received through Christ's love in my relationship with Him. How I searched elsewhere to find happiness and acceptance, but it brought me despair. When I turned back to Him, he filled me with true joy. So here now is Rebecca Rubion with Here Lies My Pulse from her album Fields. I've waited all too very long to tell you that these thoughts are on my throat. The thing is I'm a fool crazy man and I want to bend and what I have afloat I look around and see holograms and they'll bid on me the highest cost but I I'm so
My name is Deacon Pedro, and that was Rebecca Rubion with Here Lies My Pulse from her album Fields. You're listening to a special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. And now it's time for What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, happy Hello. end of happy Holy Week. Well, thank you. I was going to say happy Easter, but I guess I'm jumping the gun. We, we do that at the end of the segment. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So you learn something Lentish from your children. Yes, I'm constantly learning about sacrifice from my children. <laughs> but specifically during Lent, they have taught me to be realistic. Um, and how have they done that? Well, during Lent, uh, we've been trying to do a number of things to teach our kids about sacrifice and about the 40 days and waiting mm-hmm. and trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things is... Um, using this, it's a kit that we have, and it's called the Jesse Box. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been helping us to tell them the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kit has these little wooden people and animals, and it has different props and different backgrounds. So you can set it up for, there's a number of different occasions, like Advent and um, preparing for First Communion. But specifically for Lent, we're using this story. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's hands-on. They can move the animals around, and they can set things up. And there's also um, a little program that comes that comes with it that has prayers and uh, kind of like a lesson guide that tells you how to for each section, right? What you should be reading and teaching your kids. Uh-huh. And they like it. They really they look forward to it, and they ask if we can do it. Are we doing the Jesse box tonight? Can we do the Jesse box? And okay. they move all the people around. Yeah. And so. We start out enthusiastically with the question, can we do the Jesse box? And so we set everything up, and they're happy to do it, and then they make the sign of the cross with great gusto, and then it all goes downhill from there. Because <laughs> guess what? Organized prayer isn't always the most exciting thing for a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a no. one-year-old. No. <laughs> I have my three-year-old right here. Yes, we can hear him. Hello, Henry. So while it would be great and wonderful and... Um, perfect <laughs> to have them all standing around holding hands, listening, asking questions, saying the prayers. It's just not realistic no. and it's just not happening for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I can get, and I can get very discouraged by that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what is the point? Why are we doing this? Should we be doing this? Can everyone please stop jumping on the chairs? Can we just <laughs> pay attention? Um, yes. But that there, there's that <clears throat> voice in my head that's saying, just embrace where they're at. And the fact that they've asked to do it, the fact that they like to move the characters around and that they like to set it all up is something. And it's teaching them something. And they may not be able to walk away with that lesson plan memorized and be able to spout it off. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness, because that might be a bit weird coming from a (laughs) three-year-old. Yes, I think so. (laughs) But the fact that they're asking for this um, and embracing portions of it is encouraging and the fact that you know we do hear them uh reflecting on things or kind of asking questions related to the jesse box later it might be when yeah. we're having a story time or bedtime or play time they're thinking about it and mm-hmm. it's with them it sits with them um yes and and it's teaching us as parents it's teaching us to be patient and to trust that god is is working in them 
Um, and that's, that's what we want during Lent. We want God to work in them and God to work in us. And so it's, it's just about being real and not about having these lofty expectations of what our small children can handle. Yeah, you're making me think that being realistic, in a sense, is a form of sacrifice because you're sacrificing your expectations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just uh, sitting, and uh, yeah, the kids are are there. They might be jumping on the couch, but they're paying attention. That's that's always uh, was always. Uh, and the sometimes they're jumping me. on the couch and they're not paying attention, <laughs> <laughs> and you just never know which okay. one you got that day. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you'd be surprised. Um, great advice. Great advice. Be realistic. Um, lower your expectations. <laughs> um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, no, necessarily, it's not. to lower your expectations. I hope it isn't anyway. Not at um, all. But it's it's reminding me, too, that I know God is calling us all to be saints, not by changing who we are, but by being the people that we are, and by letting my kids be the people that they are and, and who He created them to be. Absolutely, yeah, yes. God certainly has to be realistic with us <laughs> when so. we're not paying oh attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. Now we can say Happy Easter. After okay, you, Happy you, Easter. You've Have a wonderful Easter season. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Inside Baby, due in a few months. And now it's time for some Alleluias. We heard from singer-songwriter Steve Angrisano, who wrote to us to tell us about his song, Alleluia, Love is Alive. And he writes, This is a song that came to be in a co-writing session with Sarah Hart and Jesse Manibusen. I have to say that one of the most emotional and celebratory moments for me every year is that moment when we sing out Alleluia on Easter Day during Mass. I feel the promise of heaven. It was our prayer that this song exude he is alive. We live out the sorrows and suffering together during Lent, but then we experience that joyful moment of Alleluia. We hope that this song brings about everyone joining in, celebrating and experiencing Love is Alive. So here is Steve Angrisano with Alleluia, Love is Alive from his latest album, A New Day, published by spiritandsong.com. People of God see the morning is new. Rise from your sleeping and run to the tomb Come and see, come and see He is alive A grave that is empty, a promise fulfilled God who was with us is here with us still He is here, He is here, He is alive
world Tell the world He is alive Hear the good news Of this glorious day Every heart singing As heaven proclaims He is Lord He is Lord He is alive Steve Angrisano with Alleluia, Love is Alive from his album New Day, published by Spirit and Song. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour online at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, also on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129, on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network out of the Diocese of Omaha, Nebraska, and on Holy Family Radio in Northeastern Ohio. And now, Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Daniel, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. So, the Easter story, the passion narrative, does it have anything to teach us about how we should be dealing with media and communicating our message? Absolutely, and it's, it's, a, it's the perfect time to assess how we're doing and to get the energy to spring forward. Okay, spring, um, spring forward? Spring you, forward. I got and, it. And we can start with just being awake, uh, allowing ourselves to see uh, what the truths of Easter and and to really use that to be active, not to uh, be lazy or to say whoa uh, whoa am I, but to take a really proactive stance to say I'm part of the Easter story. I have something to share, and I'm going to be awake for the Lord as, as opposed to the opposite. So stay awake, basically. <laughs> what stay awake means, you know, take a take initiative. Uh, read the papers. Think about your ministry. Uh-huh. Think about the people that you can uh, impact positively, even if it's just five, maybe ten the next day. And this translates to, well, you're, are you writing enough? Are you listening enough? Are you corresponding enough with audience uh, group members, whether it's donors, whether it's website visitors, whether it's people that okay. follow you, or, you know, in person? So it really take a, a good uh, look at your communications, whether okay. you're a leader in the church or, or a communications person. So that you're proactive and not reactive. You're not waiting for the sex scandal to happen to respond to the media. You're actually always figuring out what are we doing and what, how can I get this message out in a way that, that, that will reach people. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity to t- take stock of your stewardship. How are we being stewards and uh-huh. using it as, as, as apostles who will go f- spring forth from the tomb from the Easter moment yeah. uh, to go and share it like like Mary Magdalene and like the, the first apostles yeah. uh, or the apostles at Emmaus and share the news, not to just be you know uh, blinded all the time and sleepy, but go out and be very awake. Okay, good. Any anything else? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, in, through Easter we see disciples and apostles that are have ambition, but they're scared. They they they're plugged into the hope and truth at one point, but they're also scared. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And none of them were. I mean, we're as talented. We we all have our charisms, our talents. We've got to figure out how to use them. And so uh, we all will face adversity, mm-hmm. uh, just like when when the first apostles or even Thomas were, were privy to the news. They were hesitant. They were skeptical. They're human beings like us, but we have to persevere. We have to fight the good fight, go back at it, learn, uh, improve our own abilities, and and to really just find ways to share the news all year and not let the enthusiasm of, you know, Christ has risen or uh, Christos Anesti and just leave it at that for Easter Day or Easter week. We've got to do it all year. Right. And do do, do you find that sometimes the communication gets, gets, gets angry or bitter? Because you said you said something there that struck with me. Plug into hope. That that every time we communicate, we should be communicating hope, communicating joy, share our joy. Yes. Even you if the, even if it's a, a, something that is not particularly joyful, we should find a way to communicate it joyfully and hopefully. Well, look at how do you, we know the answer to this question. Does does depression and and down being down and and big heavy onerous images and messages and press press releases does that really attract people? No. No. We, no. and, and there's always a, a positive way to learn from, from calamities, to learn from tragedies, to say we are people of hope, even in, faced with the cross, a death on a cross, mm-hmm. or, or any kind of uh, terrible situations we're faced with, there's stories of hope, and we need to live again, we need to show new life. And we need to do that with our communication. So yeah, be positive. Uh, invite people. If people slap you on the face, well, you you, you maybe cheer, you cheer up, polish it up, brush yourself up, and stand again. Yeah. And say, you know what? This is why we're doing this, and not to fight and bicker and be like uh, you know flawed disciples bickering over who's the greatest or who's the wor- who's the least worst. On the contrary, speak about the glory and the good stuff, and focus on that. And uh, Wade Boggs used to say, focus on the ball. Uh, in baseball, we got to yeah. focus on on, on yeah. Christ. That's and our ball. And focus on hope and joy. Um, you said something else that made me uh, think of something that, that that Easter is a great time to take stock. I, is it important to stop every once in a while and and discern, pray? We're not just kind of doing what we do, but we're we need to t- figure out in uh, what we're doing intentionally. This is a message for everyone who is too. Is, it might be a little set in, in our ways or or, or or resistant to change. We need to uh, pray about what we can do differently. Pray for growth and discern because we're a new man or woman every day, and there's a new set of people to, that will come to meet us every day, and we're going to be a new person every day. And so at work in our duties, we owe it to ourselves to have hope and to try things, and we get that energy through prayer. We get that energy through taking a deep breath and meditating or singing, but we need to be plugged into that source of energy, and we give it all every day like Jesus did, but then go to the mountain place, mountain high, mountain yes. highs or quiet times to re-plug uh, and, uh, and charge our batteries to give it all again the next day. Excellent. So great advice there from the Easter, the Easter story and the passion narrative. Um, stay awake, be proactive, persist, plug into hope and plug into joy and pray and discern. I think I got it all there. You bet, so that we can have big energy to say that that, that Christ is risen indeed. And in, I have to say it in Arabic because it has an amazing ring to it. Do it. That means Christ is risen? Indeed, he is risen. Say it again. El which I don't speak Arabic very well, but it, it just has a cool ring to it. There you go. I hope we get mail from all our Arabic-speaking listeners. 
on, on Danny Torquia's Arabic pronunciation. You are, you, you, I know you have Egyptian uh, people, sorry, <laughs> Lebanese and Egyptian and Italian in your background. So that's right. That's all good. Danny Torquia, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much. Happy Easter. Thank you to everyone as well. Dan Torquia is the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him at Dan Torquia. Coming up in our second half hour, Mark Matthews has a passion insight and Sister Marie-Paul Curley with the windows to the soul of a new film about life after death. And great music by Chris Bray, Sarah Kroger, and Full Armor Band, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to part two of a special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. We're going to kick off this half with a song. Here is Sarah Kroger with the title track of her album, Hallelujah is Our Song, published by spiritandsong.com. What hope we have, even in the longest night, for the
that was Sarah Kroger with Hallelujah Is Our Song from her album of the same name. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook. You can also find me on Facebook. Look for Deacon Pedro and follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Hello, Mark. So we've been listening to a lot of scripture, uh, passion narratives, Palm Sunday, and then even the daily readings, this whole uh, Holy Week. Um, Is there any any, uh, scripture passages that really stand out for you of the passion narrative? Mm, There is, in fact. I was was reading and meditating on it uh, these last couple weeks, and one that really jumped out at me is uh, there's this line, you know, where Peter goes for the sword, and he's going to strike the high priest, and yeah. Christ reprimands him, and he says, says, do you think that I cannot call upon my Father, and he will not provide me at this moment with more than 12 legions of angels? Yeah. He goes, but, but then how will this could be fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And uh, it really got me thinking, you know, like me being a visual effects guy out here in Hollywood, I was like, wow, how glorious, 12 legions of angels, you know, that sounds like something out of you know, the Avengers <laughs> or Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But then Christ is saying, he's like, no, that's not how I do things. Hmm. And, you know, and this is kind of a bit of a common theme for Christ. You know, he says, you know, your father who sees in secret and do not let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And, you know, it kind of got me depressed. I'm like, oh, should I even be out here in Hollywood? You know, I'm, I mean, isn't Hollywood all about glory and everything that is glorious? Um and it, you know, got me thinking. And it, it made me realize that there's a big difference between glory and beauty. And it's not about, at least as it pertains to art in Hollywood, it's not about glory, but it is about beauty. Okay, so what, and, what's the difference then? Yeah, so okay, so glory is the culture of celebrity that watches stars every step. Um, whereas beauty would be, say, the scene in a movie that makes you want to be a better person. Um, glory ultimately stands up and says, here I am, here I am, look at me. Um, well, beauty is something that uh, you can't help but look at. It's just, it's just intrinsically, it draws you to it. Mm-hmm. Um, glory, glory is something that seeks to move our hearts with force, whereas beauty is something that kind of sits back humbly, um, and we can't help but be moved by it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, essentially, one is proud and the other is humble. Right. And you really, I guess, the thing that maybe makes it a little bit confusing out here in Hollywood is uh, we often crown those who can make works of beauty, we crown them with glory. Um, And this kind of fits into the whole marketing thing, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, Tom Cruise or Steven Spielberg, you know, who who is a good actor, Steven Spielberg, who is a, you know, who can make beautiful, beautiful films, Mm -hmm. but they try and give him this whole glorious, uh, you know, presentation so that we want to go uh, see it. So, yeah, um, that's what it, the that's the, what the Academy Awards are all about. It's all about the glory and look at me it, culture. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. All about all about look at me. So, so it kind of made, made me think. Okay. Well. Pri- okay. So, let's work toward make things of, of beauty here. What does this mean for me practically? Mm-hmm. Well, practically, 
Um, it takes a whole lifetime of skill, practice, and work, in addition to some natural talent, um, to make things that are beautiful. Um, whereas glory just takes force and power. So that means I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard to make things that are beautiful that will hopefully move people's hearts, you know, with with beauty. And also, it means I'm going to try try and hopefully ignore the culture of celebrity, uh, ignore just the things that are glorious just for the sake of glory, uh, and give praise to the beauty, to the beautiful things. And ultimately. It was Fyodor Dostoevsky that said, "Beauty will save the world." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, ultimately, he, he's speaking of the cross. The cross um, is beautiful. Uh, it, it's incomprehensible. It's a mystery. It's the exact opposite of glory. It was it was shame, incredible shame for Christ. But it does have the power to save the world. So, mm-hmm. so there's a big difference between glory and beauty. So that is my, my deep philosophical message for you today. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It, it's humbling, actually, because those of us who are in the film, TV industry, um, the whole Facebook culture is all about look at me. Um, um, and, and, I, and you're right. We, we don't do what we do to, for recognition. We do it uh, to, to help people get to heaven, and, and we do that yes. through beauty, uh, specifically what we do through beauty. And I love that quote by Dostoevsky. Yeah, beauty like yeah. this will save the world. Um, that's great. That's uh, a very, very uh, profound Easter message from our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Thank you, Pedro. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you. A blessed Easter. Mark Matthews is uh, our undercover Hollywood missionary, and he joined us on the phone from his home in L.A. Singer-songwriter Chris Bray wrote to us to tell us about his song, Seek the Things Above. He says, It's a song about the conflict between our lack of faith and fleshly distractions. The chorus brings hope by saying, If we have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, from Colossians 3. So here is Chris Bray with his song, Seek the Things Above. On my walk I'm stumbling My way I have not found I ask you to guide me But won't lift my foot from the ground You call and And leave my crown Lord, help me to follow you And lay my life down If you have been raised in Christ Seek the things above If you've had it in your life Don't look down on just the
Deacon Pedro, this is a special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour, and that was Chris Bray with Seek the Things Above. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister Marie Paul, welcome back to the program. Happy end of Holy Week. Yes, thank you, and happy Easter to you too. Yes, well, I guess we can We're stop saying there. happy Easter, yes. <laughs> So uh, you have a, a film about Easter, a film about life, resurrection? Well, you know, I was, I was trying to think what to do, and I ended up kind of finding this great film about new life and, and about heaven, and, okay. um, which is ultimately where um, we're invited to go. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but, but first, I have a question for you, Deacon Pedro. Have you ever seen uh, a film that depicts heaven um, as oh. you've imagined it? Um, hmm. Not you know what I'm, I'm thinking of that Robin Williams film, um, what dream what dreams may come I think it's called yeah and and that's the only one that I can think of that has a full blown depiction of, of heaven and it's kind of psychedelic actually <laughs> if I remember correctly so <laughs> so maybe not the best description of heaven the yeah. way I would imagine it so no. I think film. I think filmmaking has a way to go before it comes uh, comes with something that really. I mean, mm. isn't that the beauty of heaven? That it's you cannot probably, describe it. Yeah, it's indescribable. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what Saint Paul says. Uh, and you know, the movie that I saw is is called Heaven Is for Real. Oh yeah. And it's it's releasing this uh, this weekend. Um, it releases uh, released on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great movie to see as a family. Um, not so much for its depiction of heaven, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, it's got too many fluffy clouds for me there. <laughs> but it's really a great story about um, a devout Christian family who together you know, go on this journey of deepening their faith. Um, I, if, are you familiar with the book? Yes, I did read the book when it first came out a couple years ago. 
Okay, so it's, you know, you know it's based on a true story uh-huh. about um, this family. The, the father is a, a, a Protestant minister, um, and he has a lovely a family, a, a son, a three, I think he's a four-year-old son, yeah. and a six-year-old daughter, and his wife. And um, his son gets very ill and um, uh, almost miraculously recovers. Um, and as time goes on, uh, the father finds out that his little four-year-old son visited heaven. Mm-hmm. And so... It kind of the story becomes, you know, did did little Colton actually visit heaven, um, and 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 what does that mean for this for this family and especially for this Protestant minister? So it's um it, it's it's the fascinating thing is it's based on a true story, yes, um, and that it's a great uh, family film in the sense that you know this is a family that just takes faith for granted, like it's just a part of their life, yeah, and it's an important part of their life and. And so it's very refreshing to kind of be immersed in that worldview for a while, um, you know, for the for the time that the film runs. It's also really well acted. Greg Kinnear is uh, oh, yeah. the, plays the minister, and um, his, the you know the kid, the little Colton is uh, is marvelously portrayed too. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, Connor, I think Connor Corum. Right. And uh, anyway, so what I really loved about the film, even more than it's talking about whether, you know, the title of the film is, is Heaven is for Real. But for me, the question wasn't really about is heaven for real. The question was really, um, what do we do when we encounter something that um, questions or deepens or startles our faith? You know, so it's it's really an invitation. The whole film kind of plays out as an invitation to a deeper faith for for this minister and his family. You know, will will they allow their faith to mature, or will they stay safe? You know, and say, well, you know, little our little son could have visited heaven, but we're not really going to talk about it or anything. Or are we going to really witness to what's happened to our son? Right. Um, so it's it's a very powerful film, I think, um, and a lot of fun. It's it could be uh, it could be a little faster paced, it's a little slow, uh-huh. especially at the beginning. And it, the preachiness factor is a little heavy at the beginning, as well. But uh, but at the more you get into the story, the more compelling it is. Um, and it's great for kids too, because Colton um, is only four years old, and he talks like a four year old, and um, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it it just it's a very compelling story to watch on the yeah. screen so um so that would be my film i mean for for this and i mean since jesus you know through the easter season we're invited to new and deeper life and deeper faith in the risen christ i think that this would be a great film to watch uh easter weekend yeah. and, and the following weeks interesting yeah good choice because we think of new life it is resurrection and you're right where do we go this is where we're expected to go heaven and the difficulty with with I find not just anything that has to do with scripture, but uh, depicting heaven is how do you depict it? It's undescribable. You know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Heard as you, as you p- pointed out earlier. Um, but the fact that it's a true story, because if it wasn't a true story, nobody would take it seriously. Because no, yeah. yeah, nobody would. Um, so thank you. That's good. I'll, I'll have to uh, stop thinking about the cream cheese commercials depictions of heaven <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and go see heaven you is know, for real. Yeah, I mean, you can go a lot deeper if you, you know, if you think about, you know, this is a vision of heaven that a four-year-old boy can understand. Absolutely. You know, and then take that to where your understanding is. Absolutely. And the important cool. thing, and, I, and this is what I remember from the book, is that where is heaven? Jesus is there and Jesus welcomes us. And whatever that looks like, it's going to be great. Exactly. Right? 
Exactly. Yes. There you go. Thank you very much, Sister Marie Paul. Happy Easter. Thank you. You too, and, and to everyone. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at Sister M. Paul. Here now is Full Armor Band with New Creation from their album None the Same. listening to Full Armor Band with new creation from their album None the Same and that will take us to the end of the program remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio on that same page you can find links to all the artists whom we feature on this program and watch our featured music video of the week you can send us your comments to radio at saltandlighttv.org and visit us at facebook.com slash slradio1 the Salt and Light Hour and Salt and Light Radio are ministries of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. Today we heard music from L'Angelus, Rebecca Rubion, Steve Angresano, Sarah Kroger, Chris Bray, and Full Armor Band. This show would not be possible without the support of our generous Catholic artists. So please go to our website to find out how you can find them and support their ministries. Also today, I was joined by our saint expert, Andrew Santos, our public relations expert, Daniel Torquia, our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, and our film expert, Sister Marie Paul Curley. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella, and the executive producer of Salt and Light is Father Thomas Rosica. I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm a deacon, and I love doing this program, and I hope that you love it too. Thank you for being with us. Have a holy and blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been our special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Oh